Welcome to the Antioch Word, a podcast for the Antioch College community. My name is Mary Evans, and I'm the 2018 Miller Fellow at WYSO. Today, we'll hear an interview with Antioch College alumna, Kathy Huff, class of 1967. She shared her experience in interdisciplinary work and how the co-op plan at Antioch was the reason she chose Antioch College. Kathy spoke with Antioch College current student, Thomas Amrai at WISO Studios during the 2017 Antioch College reunion in Yellow Springs. Could you tell me uh, your name, class year, and major that you had here at Antioch? Sure. My name's Kathy Huff, but I was known on campus as Kathy Proper, two P's in the middle. That was my uh, maiden name. And I graduated in 1967, and this year is our 50th golden anniversary reunion at Antioch. And I majored in anthro social. It was a double major because it was a double department uh, at that time, headed up by Everett Wilson. And what, what attracted you to Antioch? Well, I think I'm not so unusual. It's mostly the co-op plan. Most people will answer that. However, I got Lovejoy's Guide to Colleges when I was in high school. I did all my own research, and Lovejoy's is a big volume that's probably online today, and most people do their research online. But most colleges or universities had a a paragraph or two, maybe half a page. It was a good-sized manual. Antioch had two full pages. It had a lot to it, and uh, I was very excited to read about everything related to Antioch, but of course the co-op plan was the main focus for me. What was um, one of your favorite co-ops that you did? Well, my favorite was the last one, and it was semi-related to my field. Um, it was uh, at National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland, outside of Washington, D.C., working for Carlton Geideshek, who was a physician who, uh, at that point in time, this was in uh, spring-summer 1966, was working on uh, discovering the uh, source uh, or the cause of KURU, K-U-R-U, a uh, neurological disease of New Guinea Highlanders. Mm. So, And I had read an ethnography <laughs> at Antioch in one of my major courses about uh, New Guinea and Polynesia, et cetera. And Margaret Mead had done, you know, had done uh, a lot of work in that area as well. And she was at the Museum of Natural History in New York at that point. And I tried to get that job twice, but... I didn't make it, but I got this job, which took us into uh, a lab and um, dealt with microbiology as well as, you know, the the uh, behavioral aspects of, of this disease. And he had um, uh, a real experimental design. He included, um, we, we had trips out to the primate center in which, uh, and he had imported, I think this was illegal, <laughs> brains of the control group of people who had passed away from Kuru. And I, many of my duties were eclectic because I was not a biology or science major, but I was there with other students from other schools, and particularly in the summer. They were summer jobs for them. But anyway, um, I had a wonderful time. He later won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 1976 for this work because he thought it was uh, a slow and latent temperate virus, but in, ter- in fact, it turned out to be uh, an, an infectious disease problem because more primitive people, and they still were primitive back in 1966, um, 
had been eating the uncooked brains of their large pigs or boars. And that'll do it. <laughs> you know, you can get all kinds of diseases. Yeah. Um, but the one of the things that I thought was great about him was he rec- he asked about my background and found out I had uh, 10 years of ballet in my youth and also was keeping up with dance at Antioch, even though it was uh, – Antioch didn't have any formal programs at that point, but there were – workshops that students conducted. So he sent me, one of my jobs was he sent me to uh, the Library of Congress, and I had to go with a special pass. I had to go six floors down and look up Laban notation, which is a notation of movement for dance, so he could help notate the movement of these Kuru victims. Wow. This is, so this is really interesting. I'm hearing, before this interview, you told me about your oral history work Yes. Um, now you're telling me about dance and your anthropology work. Right. So those are a lot of pretty, pretty, you know, disparate pieces. Right. Well, so, but it seems like you've tied them together really well. Well, it, it, it's fun. And what's nice about the major in social sciences or even um, humanities, but an Antioch education will help you do interdisciplinary work, which I later did in my, my life. I, I, I was teacher... But I also went back to school and got a master's in public health. And I worked in the public health education field. And having a very strong interdisciplinary behavioral orientation, i.e. in the social sciences or even the humanities, but in particular the social sciences, helps you because in, uh, it's ha- this field is half health and medicine, but the other half relates to behavioral mm-hmm. uh, s- studies and healthcare services, so it helps. Do you think you would have been able to have that interdisciplinary um, component at another college? Perhaps, but it it wasn't as apparent that most schools were doing this. I would say some were doing it, but not very many. And Antioch was very clearly one. And one of the ways you learn interdisciplinary work, not only in your major, but it's your uh, senior year uh, seminars where you have to cross fields, not just in your own field, but you have to cross fields. And I think that's still true today in, in the curriculum at the last year of, of Antioch. You're listening to an interview with Kathy Huff on the Antioch Word. She spoke with current Antioch College student Thomas Amrine at Antioch's 2017 reunion. Next, Kathy talks about nonstop Antioch and how the closing of the college in 2008 brought Antioch alumni together. Uh, from 2007 to about eight or nine, uh, there was this, you know, when the college finally was closed. But to save Antioch, there was a nonstop group on campus and supporters in the Chicago area. And then there were some in our group who wanted to do only direct action. So when the Board of Trustees met, near the airport in Chicago, or they met in downtown Chicago. Sometimes, you know, they would change uh, their uh, venues to, to help uh, support, you know, people coming, the central part of the country, to meet. They would demonstrate, or, you know, uh, we had a filmmaker who's really good, He's, uh, and he helped do help at some of our meetings and at... Um, our fundraising events and also elsewhere um, videotape people 
to send them uh, why they should save Antioch. So it was the revival movement, and uh, and I tried to get this these two different groups together to organize them into areas where we could really help, but they weren't ready to be organized. And there is a lot of contention between these parties, not just in Chicago, but throughout the um, alumni uh, during that time. It was a very difficult time, not just to raise money and to save the college, but once the alumni bar got together, I know that Jim Hobart could tell you some stories. Uh, the board, even until about a, a alumni board a couple of years ago, I gather, were the same thing very contentious, very argumentative. And finally, um, he was on the, on the nominating committee and to try to encourage people to come in who really wanted to work and help the current students, help the current college. And I think they have a pretty good bunch now, but that's, as I said, it's not unusual to find Antiochians both on campus and off and then later in life to be this, this either argumentative or contentious. And I think it's important to be able to, well, you have to make some kind of compromises, but you also need to stand up for your values. And your values, you have to find out what the common values are, and we're facing this in our political discourse currently, too. So Antiochians can take a page out of uh, what's happening nationally and, and apply it locally as well, because we, we, we will not survive. We only have a couple more years before, you know, it, it gets to be really dire. Uh, but this year, we need to recruit more students uh, and um, have a bigger budget. Otherwise, Antioch survival is not uh, a certainty. Well, I think you know through the college closing, there's been this uh, consistency. Um, in what Antioch stands for in the sense that, um, you know, you have this college that really stresses, I'm going to use the word agency again, over your own um, career and life um, in a way that not a whole lot of other places do. And so I've often been kind of vexed by how that consistency has been able to be maintained, but it sounds like it's through, you know, this alumni organization. Well, here's the other thing, and, and this is a, if you look at larger trends, um, Antioch is fostering two, it may be not quite antithetical, but somewhat conflicting uh, values. The values of community and the values of individualism. And I think that's where the conflict comes in. If you take a look at it in a broader a broader context. The idea is to work for community, but if you're always working for what you think is right, or yourself personally, then you have to get rid of the thought of, of it's all about me. And uh, that tends to happen to people when they're middle-aged or older, if you follow Eric Erickson's uh, hierarchy of uh, individual development you don't have to but it makes sense to look at it that way mm. so that and a good example of that is the Antioch work project 
I encourage people to come and work because it, it builds this sense of community. It's year-round now. It used to be just once a year. Last year, we celebrated our 20th anniversary. A lot of the same people come, but new people come. And I've been telling this to all my classmates and anybody who would listen. To me, it's a lot of fun. It's hard work. It's a lot of fun. And it's like, I call it summer camp for adults. You know, it's <laughs> because it is. And they feed us really well. We have a whole bunch of people doing great uh, meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and um, they come from all walks of life. Uh, these are the kinds of things that we need to preserve because it, it informs our current situation and the future of Antioch. There's this cadre of people who graduated in the 50s, 60s, and I would say through the 70s, even after the strike, um, uh, who really care about the place. And you can galvanize people in a very simple way, which is what happened this spring. Uh, if you could say something to a young person that's maybe in search of a college or just generally some formative experience in their life, what, what would it be? Um, well, I think one of the things that would, I would say about Antioch is it gives an opportunity for, for students to see the real world, which most people like with the jobs, but also to integrate it with their academic background. Now, this is very popular. Internships are popular, but um, today, and Antioch College is, you know, up against the wall trying to find paying jobs. Some of these internships are formative for people, and some aren't. But the way the co-op program is designed, it is formative. Uh, as I said earlier, it could influence what you do for the rest of your life. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's really nice to talk to you. You're welcome, and it's been my pleasure and my privilege to be interviewed by you. That was Antioch College alumna Kathy Huff speaking with current Antioch student Thomas Amrine at WISO Studios during the 2017 Antioch College reunion. I'm Mary Evans, the 2018 Miller Fellow at WISO. Thanks for listening to the Antioch Word. You can find more episodes of our podcast at WISO.org, on NPR One, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts.